I do want to thank all of you for being so patient with us pastoral team people as we're learning. And uh, you guys are good family, and this is a safe place for us to learn. And I need to remind myself that because today is kind of my first sermony sermon day. Like the first day was, um, uh, you know, just testimony. It's kind of easy to talk about yourself, at least for me, I guess. And then um, last time was uh, testimony, so I really didn't have to say too much. I put that all on you. And um, so this time, actually, let's bring something forth. So, you know, I have a month to prepare so last night I was up till two in the morning. <laughs> I knew what I was going to speak about, and I've been praying about it and been reading about it, and I just wasn't sure where, you know, trying to uh, point it all down, you know, to to where we were going for today, what, where the Lord wanted us to go for today. So um, yesterday that all kind of came, and um, I have a lot of scripture too much to put up on the board for today. Um, Jonathan has some of it for me, and he was really awesome to do that, Um, but uh, he wasn't able to get it all because I just have too much. He's like, Tabitha, this is too much. You have the whole Bible. I'm like, I know. Because as I was going through um, this and not knowing where to go, and Lord, I'm so nervous about this. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say? And I was just reminded of what I heard Lisa Bevere say this last week of like, when in doubt, just read scripture because you can't go wrong with scripture. So I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture today, and we'll see where the, the Holy Spirit just goes off of that and, um, and stuff. And so because I have so much scripture, that's why we don't have it. All, all up, and our internet is down today, so Jonathan had his hands full, and he was going to help me, and I need to learn how to do PowerPoint. So, I'm going to grab my water, and I think I'm done mumbling, <laughs> and we'll, we'll move on. So, what I really, oh, the other thing, if you, so we're, we're going old school Bible here, so if you don't have a uh, a Bible, I or a Bible app on your phone to use. Um, I did stack a few Bibles back um, by Jonathan on the um, sound booth back there. So if you need a Bible, feel free to grab one. Um, if you don't have a Bible app, and we'll go through, and some verses might magically pop up back here, and we'll just go from there. So the where I wanted to start was Emmanuel, God with us. And um, that is from Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 to 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And a few years ago, that I, I've always known that passage, but it just really struck me. God with us. And what does that mean? for God with us, and that the whole God of the universe is 
with us and came on earth and, and what all that means. And so I've got a sign by the back door of my house that says Emmanuel, God with us, and just constantly reminding me that God is with us. And um, this verse is also from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. That's where, you know, Matthew was quoting Isaiah when he um, um, put this in. Um, so this was prophecy fulfilled um, that God was with us. So um, in thinking about this and God with us and why that's important, I'm going to kind of step away from from baby Jesus at the moment and go into Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. So if you want to turn there with me. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. I should have brought my reading glasses today. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. Next one. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. So this passage is just telling us God created man. God gave man dominion over the whole earth. He gave us charge. He gave us power. He gave us everything over the whole earth. Animals, everything. We read that. Everything over the whole earth. So then, when we get to um, Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man, um, Jonathan, is that up there, or should I just go ahead and just start reading from here? I won't look up anymore. Okay, great. Okay, so I'm just going to read out of NIV for this. Um, so, the fall of man, Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So... Right there, Satan comes in and he twists things right away in a question, making you like, wait, did God say that? The woman said to the certain serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. 
which that right there wasn't truth. God never said that you shouldn't touch it. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. When the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, naked so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, Who is, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate it. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed, you are, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. So the woman said, to the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flashing sword or excuse me, and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So there, the, certain, the serpent came, he deceived, and Adam and Eve gave their authority to the serpent, to Satan. They gave their authority. God came into the garden, and I think... There's different times that, you know, God has visited people on earth. You know, Moses, they have seen his backside and things. But I think this is the last time that God walked on earth until Jesus came. And, um, and man gave his dominion to Satan. So that's important to remember right now. Man gave his dominion to Satan. 
gave his authority to Satan, and death entered. So gave away authority and received death in a cursed ground. And, um, and this is why Jesus is important. And this is where Jesus comes. So I'm going to, let's go forward to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5. And I know this is a lot, but where God has me right now, like I'm eating up scripture. So even like as I was going through this, it was so hard to hone it down because I go to like one passage, this is the passage I need. And then I'm like three chapters beyond and I'm like, get back, get back to it. Try to bring it all in. So Hebrews chapter two, verse five to 18. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. And that passage is also... um, and it says, has been testified somewhere, that um, comes from Psalm uh, chapter 8, verse 6. Is the next one there, Jonathan? Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him for who, for a little while, was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Next. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctified all have one source, That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. Next. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children of God has, I and the children of the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. Next. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So Jesus came, he put on flesh, he became our brother, he became like us. He had to become like us, and he had to put on flesh, because a man, a perfect man, had to take back the authority from Satan, the authority that we gave him. 
because God gave us dominion over the earth, we had to take it back, and we couldn't do it on our own. We needed to be perfect, and we were not perfect, but Jesus was. So Jesus put on flesh, and he came as a man to take that back for us. And because he was a man, he was tempted in all ways like we were. So he knows what it's like, so we can come to him, and he knows exactly what it's like um, to be tempted. And I also, I also really liked it, and it really stood out to me when um, he talked about just um, being our brother and bringing the children to God. And um, that was good. That was just really powerful. <laughs> because he does. He just brings us. Actually, the vision that came to my mind um, was, I don't know if any of you saw the movie Zorro, but um, towards the end of that movie, Zorro and um, his uh, love, they rescue these children that are all in cages, and there's this big explosion. They rescue them, like, just before there's this big explosion, but there's this big explosion, and there's a big cloud of dust, and and you don't see them, so you don't know if they all die or whatever, and then they come walking out, and they've got all of these children and, um, and adults, too, not just uh, not just children, but adults, that were in slavery, that were in these mines, um, walking out with them to freedom. And that vision just came to me of, uh, that's the way Christ is, and he's rescuing us. You know, he rescued us from the, the cages, the, um, the bounds of slavery that we were in, and he's walking us out untouched from, um, from all of that to the Father and into freedom, and it's good. Thank you for sticking with me with all this. I was like, this could be either really long or really short or in between, and I'm not sure. Let's see where the Holy Spirit goes. I want to go to John chapter 1, uh, verse 1. Turn there with me. The Word became flesh. So we just talked about that, and we're going to talk about it again. The Word becoming flesh. So this, I feel like this passage can get kind of a lot of word. There's a lot of, it says the Word a lot, and it says the light a lot. And so sometimes it can be, it can feel like that, back and forth and hard to understand. So I'm going to try to take it slow and uh, we'll go through because it is important. And this is also the birth of Christ. And when we look at him, um, you know, Luke 2 a lot and in Matthew, um, the birth of Christ. But this is also the birth of Christ because um, Christ is the word. So when we say word, we're talking about Jesus Christ. And when we say light, we're talking about Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So Jesus, the Word, was with God, and he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness but the darkness has not understood it. And I like in other passages where it says, and darkness has not overcome it. 
And so um, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. This is John the Baptist talking about. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world. Though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. So even though Jesus was in the world and he made the world, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God the one and no one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. So Jesus Christ makes God known to us. He came and put on flesh so that he could take back the authority that was lost at Adam and Eve. So we now have in Christ that authority. And it's really important. I think we often forget um, how important that is as we go throughout our day. And I think often we, we can feel defeated. We can feel overwhelmed by the things going on. And we forget that we have authority, that Jesus came, and that we're not still back there with Adam and Eve defeated and, um, and subject, subjects to Satan. He is no longer the ruler over us, but that Jesus is our ruler, that he's our good brother, that he came, that he left heaven, that he came and he put on flesh so that he could get back the keys of death. And yeah, and that's good. Um, one thing I wanted to uh, point out too back in Hebrews when we um, were reading back there was that, um, let me find that passage. In chapter 14, since, or excuse me, in verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. And um, I like how that says that in the NIV and points that out more clearly. And free 
those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. And I feel like our world more and more is in fear of death. Like we live our life and the policies that are set up, everything is set up because of fear of death, you know, fear of mistakes, fear of death. Um, and, and then really everything kind of circles around trying to live as long as you can, you know, in the natural. And, um, and we don't, because we have Christ, we don't have to fear death. We don't have to, to live in that way because we know that when, our, when we go to sleep, when our earthly body um, dies and falls away, that our spirit, who we are, you know, we're, we're just living in flesh too. You know, when, when that dies, that we go on and have a new body and we live with Christ in heaven. Um, so fully man and fully God, Christ came and crushed the serpent, Satan, and took back the keys of death. Jesus is our light, and darkness cannot overcome it. Jesus' redeeming presence is the answer in our world. And we see people, everybody's crying out for a Savior. Everybody's crying out for a Messiah right now. And those that don't know Jesus, well, I would say that even those in the church, there's people in the church that are crying out for a Messiah, a Savior and a Messiah, and they forget that Jesus is our Savior. And we see that, we, we saw that this last year. We see people looking to political figures as their savior. If Republicans win the presidency, then we will be saved. If Democrats win the presidency, then we'll be saved. They'll bring peace. They'll bring unity. You know, if this person is in charge, they'll bring peace. They'll bring unity. But man doesn't, in the flesh, doesn't bring peace and unity. Christ brings peace and unity. And we need to remember that, that we are in Christ, and that he is the one that brings peace and unity. And we're going to see mess out there. It's the world. We're going to see mess. So we need to remember to put our hope and faith in Christ, who brings the true peace and unity. And I'm not saying don't vote and all of that, but I'm saying where our hope is, is in Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. Christ come, came, and he put on flesh to be with us. And I'm falling apart because I haven't learned yet how to use the head thingy. So i got to hang on to all this. So he came. He's the light. And we just read in Matthew that he's the light. Or excuse me, yeah, wherever we read that. John, sorry, John, that he's the light. And I want to take you to last passage of verses, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. What's up there? 
You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So Jesus is that light. Darkness cannot overcome it. Jesus is in us. He is our Savior. He has made us the light. And we are the light of the world. We all have a sphere. We all have an area of influence in our life. It is not just those that might have a platform up here. We are all called. We all have a sphere. We all have our light reaches out. And we are all called to be that light to those that are around us because we have Jesus within us, because he came as a baby and put on flesh so that he could defeat Satan, take back death, take back authority, and give it to us because he is in us and we walk in him. And that is good news. And that is what the angels came to the shepherds to say, you know, do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. You know, peace on earth, goodwill to men. God brought us peace. He brought us goodwill. He brought us reconciliation back to his self that um, that was lost in the garden when Adam and Eve had to, to leave God's presence. Jesus brought that back. And he humbled himself and came in the most humble of ways in a manger in an amazing way to a virgin, conceived of a virgin, born of a virgin, in a humble way in a manger. And that's all I have. God is good. Yes. So we're going to pray. Father, you are good. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for coming. We thank you for coming and being our servant. For serving us. For teaching us how to serve. For teaching us how to serve as leaders to serve those around us. We praise you. You are majestic and holy and above all else. We thank you that you had a plan from the very beginning. You knew that man would fall and yet you wanted relationship with us. We thank you that you had a plan. We thank you that you stuck with the plan for thousands and thousands of years. We thank you, Jesus, for coming as light. We thank you for filling us with your light. And we just ask that you would show us where we're covering our light so that it can show to those around us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that your word 
that your word and light and that your word overcomes. We thank you that you've crushed Satan under your foot and that Satan is crushed under our co-foot with you, Lord. He has no authority in any area of our life. Bondage, sickness, disease are all under the foot of Jesus. We thank you for wholeness and health and healing and love and light and joy. You are good. And I just pray for all of us this week as we go into Christmas that we would just really remember and put first Jesus. That we'd meditate and we'd focus on him this week and beyond. We thank you, Lord, for safe travel for those that are traveling this week. And we thank you for health and protection. And you are good in Jesus' name.